everyone, and welcome back to another installment of my first season. My guest today worked for Club Med in 1989 in St. Lucia and Cancun as an excursions geo. We do not get many excursion geos on this podcast, so I am very happy that she agreed to come on and share her story with us. Fun fact about my guest, when she was in college, she worked at an archaeological museum, which helped with the excursions that she would do to the Mayan ruins in Mexico. From the city of brotherly love, please help me welcome ex-geo Rose Torelli. Hey, Rose, how are you? Hi, Greg. Thank you for doing all this work. It's been a lot of fun thinking about that year. Well, I hope so. I hope, yeah, when you do uh, listen to it, that it brings you back to that time that we all loved and wished we were still there like I do anyway. <laughs> Especially in the winter. As you know, the you, you get some cold winters too, I understand. In Philly, right? Less and less, but that's over, a whole over. other topic. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. I, I'm interested in, also interested in uh, archaeology. I always, even before Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark, it was always fascinating to me. So I'm kind of jealous that you got to work at an archaeological museum. Let me ask you, what kind of... Um, artifacts were there or was it was it like every now and then you would get a different uh tr i know sometimes other museums lend out their their pieces to other museums so were there were you able to see a wide array of artifacts well this the upenn museum is on par with the british museum in terms of collection and archaeological work and ethno ethnographic work. So there's a Chinese gallery, there's a Greek gallery, there's we have mummies, we have the third largest sphinx in the world, I I think. So mo more often I worked in the registrar's office and in the shop and finally in events, which was incredibly amazing. And more often what happened is they would pull things out of their the storage for special events for members and things like that so i don't think we've lent we let i don't know i haven't kept track of it okay well we know um, well we do know so now we know your fascination i guess why you became an excursion geo but uh, if you could tell us so did you i mean did you go to club med as a kid is that how you found out about club med were you in the teen club was it later on or did you see an ad or a billboard no, I was working, my first job out of college was in the fashion industry, and I was working in Manhattan, and it was a small office doing events and PR and advertising for Pierre Cardin, and one of my coworkers went on a Club Med vacation. I never thought about resorts. <laughs> we went to the Jersey Shore or Maine. But I, I liked to travel. I wanted to, I wanted to travel. Let me backtrack a little bit. One of the people in the office went to Club Med and came back and said, you would make a great geo. And then I had a side hustle leading trips, whitewater rafting trips and trips, whale watching trips. And a lady on one of my trips had been a geo in the 70s. And she, you know, well, it was wild and crazy in the 70s, and she just loved it. And she said, absolutely, do it. So that's how I heard about it. Did you ask her questions? Like, 
what's a what's a typical day like or what do you have to do um the woman on my are you asking about the woman on my tour or yeah yeah the one that told you about it the the woman who was a geo in the 70s did you uh, did you get any details from her or you just decided to shelve shelve that idea for a while like how how long after did she speak to you about club med did you apply i don't remember but it wasn't that long because i applied in 1988 and i was 23 and i was working at 57th and 7th at the time and i had called i guess philippe auger and talked to him in french about it i wanted to travel and then i just walked over and met with him because he was at 57th and 6th he was a block away <laughs> so so that's how i had the interview and it was in french and i told him i wanted excursions and so that's how i applied <laughs> The name you mentioned, Philippe, you said? Yeah, I heard somebody talk about Philippe Auger, and I think that was him. I can picture him. Okay, and he worked in the the New York office? Yes. Did, you, did he ask you any uh, questions about your background, like why excursions? Or he just said, okay, I'll make a note of that. And uh, Because I know a lot of times he might not get your first choice, and they'll put you, you know, where they need you, but... So you asked for excursions and he gave you excursions. He did. At this point, though, did you know anything what was required of you yet? I don't remember much of the interview. It is a long time ago now. <laughs> But sorry, what was the question? Okay. So, yeah, what I meant was that when you sat down with them, it's true. I mean, 1988-89 is a long time ago, and even I don't remember my own interview in 94, but I was just curious if they told you that you'd have to be working seven days a week or you'd have to be dancing uh, nine times a day. Did they tell you any of that? No, I don't okay. think so. Okay. <laughs> so you found that all when you got to St. Lucia, I guess, right? Like, surprise. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know that we were going to work every single day and that needed getting used to. Yeah. I didn't end up in very many shows and none in St. Lucia. All right. And at first, and I, your, I'm sorry, your uh, chief of village, uh, I believe changed. The first one was French and then you had Rod Frankel, correct? Correct. Okay. He, he Rod Frankel was American, right? Yes. Okay. So, but do you remember at all arriving that first day at least? Is that it, or that first week? Like, is it vivid in your memory? What I remember is being on the plane and realizing, oh my gosh, I'm going to a foreign country and I'm going to lead people around acting like I know something about this country when I just got here. What How am I going to do this? <laughs> I was on the plane thinking, what have I gotten myself into? But that um, that worked itself out too. Okay. So are you saying you had a mild panic attack on the plane right over? Not that bad. Okay. <laughs> I'd already had that shock when I moved to France. Okay. Of going to, of going to another place. 
Okay. And I think, so St. Lucia obviously is a French island, but you, you learned French in high school and then you went on trips to Quebec and France, right? And I lived in France. Yes. You lived for a semester. Week. Yes. Okay. And you, so you did your interview, but now, but now you're going to St. Lucia. So how did you uh, manage the Creole there from the locals? I did not understand the Patois. Nobody it, did. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's tough. The, yeah. <laughs> the other two guys were French and they understood it, but I didn't. The other two uh, people on your excursion team? The other two excursions. Okay, geos. so you were, you were three altogether or four? Three, three plus okay. the responsable. Okay, and your responsable was from France? The first one was Italian and the second one was French. Okay. Now, how often, so when you when you got there your first week, did they like throw you into an excursion immediately? Were you able to shadow someone and they tell you like, this is what we do, this is how we say it? Yes, you got one excursion with an experienced geo, and then you were on your own. Okay. <laughs> I guess you have a good memory, right? <laughs> yes. Yes, I do have a good memory. Do you recall where the first uh, excursion you, you went on in your first ever job as a excursions geo? Thinking. Probably I took people to Souffrir, which is a town... And there's a volcano there. Yes. A, a dead volcano. One time, since I went there all the time, one time it had just rained. And it was so weird because the volcano was going bloop, bloop, bloop. It, the combination of the water and the steam inside that volcano, the earth was making noise. It was very weird. Was it troubling? No, it was astonishing, which was part of what was so great about this job, is those GMs that day saw it like that. All the other GMs other days saw it as a steaming piece of earth. But since I got to go there over and over, I saw the difference. Did you have a favorite excursion when you were in St. Lucia, one that you liked personally? Oh, yeah. We had an excursion where we would get on a small plane and fly to a different country, which was St. Vincent and the Grenadines. And then we would take a trimaran and go island hopping. And the Grenadines are really, really small islands, some of which you can't put anything on them. They're just beach and rock and iguanas. And some can have one hotel on them. So they were super remote and super luxurious. And there was one that was the proverbial strip of sand with one umbrella on it, no palm tree. It was just amazing. And I remember thinking when I was down there that the Cold War was still on. So I thought, you know, Russia and the United States could blow each other up and we would not notice down here. And I thought everyone should have the chance to go someplace that remote. Of course, the Berlin Wall came down later that year, but... That's right. And then we entered that period of glasnost, right? Openness. Yes. Yeah. 
So this was kind of like what what I see in the movies. It's just like a solitary spit of sand. And then you guys would like put a picnic and this is like that postcard picture, right? I'm guessing. Well, we ate on the boat. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. The people, they were French that had that boat and it was a big trimaran. So they fixed us lunch, but it was a spit of sand with, with rock outcropping behind it and some tropical plants and iguanas on it. That was it. There were many islands like that in the Grenadines. Well, this sounds like uh, the way you're describing it, this sounds like an amazing excursion. I mean, you're, you're taking a plane to, like you said, another country and you're going by trimaran in the Caribbean. This, this sounds amazing. Uh, So yeah, I would, I would think that would be my favorite one too, if if I were there. Uh, of course, I don't know if that one. I was there in '95, so I don't know if they still had that one. But that one sounds amazing. It was, and we would meet the hotel manager on Palm Island, say, and if he saw us more than once, we were his friend, because all he saw were new guests and new guests. He didn't see other people regularly, very often. And there was another island called Petit St. Vincent. And those are worth looking up if you have money to take a vacation because they're just, it's just so dreamy. Now, I'm someone who likes things to go according to plan, but I also like horror stories when things don't. So was there ever an excursion in St. Lucia where just uh, things went wrong and then you had to use that uh, creative part of your brain to problem solve it or was everything always run smoothly St. Lucia ran smoothly Cancun okay we'll wait till we get to Cancun <laughs> okay let's shelve that question for Cancun <laughs> well what else can you tell me about your time in St. Lucia like you were there for roughly three months March to May right in 89 Right. They closed it to make it into a kids club. Oh, so you were one of the last geos there to work as a singles village, right? Correct. You know, yeah, because we I've had yeah, I've had two geos on that were that was there and I had them and one of them stayed on after I said, what's it like going from singles to a, a, a singles to family? And uh, yeah, it was quite shocking. He said, "Okay, <laughs> this was a circus geo. Oh, yeah, we had the circus. That was cool. And the one there was one thing that happened. Well, I'll tell one story about St. Lucia. So St. Lucia, a lot of French Canadians came as well as French people. And the island roads weren't very good. So we had buses of eight people. And then I sat in the jump seat. So one time I had four French people and four French Canadian people. And it was hysterical because they couldn't understand each other, first of all. And like typical fun-loving Canadians, the Canadians sat in the back of the van and just cracked jokes to each other. They were laughing the whole time. And the regular French people were just listening very carefully to what I had to say about the island. And it was just such a culture clash and I, I'm not sure if that was the excursion, but the one time the driver had a head-on collision with another. He was searching for something on the floor, 
and the GMs were fine. My GMs were fine, but I went flying and I was the most hurt, but I was, I was okay. And you just had to carry on. I mean, there were no cell phones or anything. Later that day, I slammed the, one of the French woman's hand in the door. That was bad. Okay. But we, <laughs> you know, Ouch. <laughs> that was super embarrassing, but was she, was she being unruly or this was just an accident? <laughs> no, I just didn't see her hand there. It was time to close the door and me get in and. Okay. Oh, so, God. so you didn't get a you didn't get a nice tip at the end of the week is what you're saying. <laughs> okay. No. Okay. We didn't get any tips. Wow. And other than this amazing excursion to the Grenadines, Soufriere, about roughly how many excursions were offered in St. Lucia that season? Did you have like 10? 10 or more? Or or less, sorry. <laughs> I think we had about seven or eight. Somewhere half day. And there was a terrific one where we rode on a boat that was styled from the 1700s or something. And all the guys were dressed up and we rode it up to the northern part of the island. And then we came back by sail. And it was just such a great experience to be sailing like people sailed hundreds of years ago. Now, I'm assuming that as an excursions geo there in St. Lucia in 89, you you sound like you were out of the village more than you were in it. So I'm assuming you didn't get time to, I don't know, learn to trapeze or scuba dive. Am I right? I don't think we had scuba on St. Lucia, but yes, that is a difference about being an excursions geo. Uh, I was not on the beach all day with my coworkers. We were all by ourselves with our GMs and somebody maybe working in the office. So there was windsurfing on St. Lucia, but you had to be really good at it. Yes. Yes. That was advanced. And you had to take the shuttle bus to the, to the windsurf beach. And yeah, the wind was, was always blowing. Yeah. It was very advanced windsurfing there. Not for beginners. No. Did you ever see the wild horses that would eat the grass on the golf course there? No. It was oh, interesting to hear Terry Drummy's podcast because there were things that I I just didn't do. I guess because I was off the club so much, then when I didn't have to be off the club, I just wanted to stay at the club and lounge around. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, because, you know, even when you think about it, I did 10 years in Club Med, but yeah, the excursion geos were always, you know, especially at Cancun, there's so, so many more excursions at Cancun. I hardly ever saw those geos, really. Right. That's how it was. But but this was right up your alley, right? Like you you love doing it. You like getting outside the village. I mean, I mean, heck, if you told me I was going to take a plane ride every week to the Grenadines in St. Vincent and then sail in a trimaran i i'd say sign me up you know it sounds uh sounds like heaven yeah it was a great experience in a great adventure adventure is a big word for me in all different aspects meeting the people living the life of a resort of the things i learned about different cultures and more language and just the amazing places i got to go over and over 
near the end of your three months, did you make a request for Cancun or were you sent there because you were needed there? Nobody asked me. I don't think I was as good of a geo for those three months. I wasn't used to it. I didn't get the hang of it. I was way more relaxed and engaged in Cancun. So I went home and then they called me in June and sent me to Cancun. And the club had just been rebuilt because there had been a hurricane the year before. Yeah, it's that club that was often um, right in the path of the uh, the hurricanes, for sure. <laughs> uh, I, you know what? I, yes, sorry. sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You know what, Greg? It was really funny because our geo shirts said Cancun 2, Roman numeral 2 on the front. And on the back, they said better than never. Better, better than never. What does that mean? Better than never. And I think Francophones just ignored it. And Okay. But, wait, wait, are you saying it was a spelling mistake? It should have been better than ever? Or better than never was an inside geo joke? No, it was a lost in translation thing. It was, oh, so was it? to say, <laughs> mieux que jamais. Okay. And you know, jamais can be ever or never. Yes in yeah. english so whoever <laughs> translated it okay. decided to make it better than never okay. and everybody all the americans were saying what better late than never okay <laughs> so, so we were so, stuck wearing this ridiculous so for, six, for six, six months you had to explain this this yes. shirt oh boy that sounds like hell okay okay <laughs> Because you know you you already had those questions that you would routinely get from the you know from the GMs like where are you from uh, when do you sleep uh, how much money do you make and now to add uh, a whole thing like this a, a spelling mistake or a translation mistake would have been like oh, it would have taken it out of me. <laughs> there are worse forms of hell, Greg. There are yes, there are. <laughs> and since I've left Club Med, I can attest to those. Okay. Oh, sorry to hear That's that. That's neither here nor there. Okay. Okay. Let's stick to the heaven part. Okay. So yeah. Cancun, assuming you you never uh, worked in Cancun before, and in '89 you would have been you would have been around when there probably weren't that many hotels. Not nothing like I'm sure when you see this trip now, you're like, oh my god, <laughs> you know. But I guess when you were there in '89, it was there probably weren't that many hotels, right, on that that zone, that hotel zone? There were some in the town of Cancun, but there was no Riviera Maya. Yeah. yeah and now, fun. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Now, it's fun seeing the old pictures. Uh, people post them regularly on the XGO Facebook groups because it's pretty amazing seeing it when it opened. There was literally nothing, <laughs> nothing as far as the eye can see. But now I'm sure you've seen Cancun presently. It's just, uh, you know, wall-to-wall buildings next door to each other and you know you don't have that great view anymore right no and for example tulum was a half day excursion we went there there was nothing there you couldn't stay there you couldn't eat there there were four giant canvas tents with souvenirs in them and the local guides and it was beautiful and then we could go we could go 
a little bit further north to Shelha and the GMs would uh, snorkel. But now it takes two hours to drive from Cancun to Tulum. And at least that's what map Google Maps says. How long did it take you? Less than an hour. Yeah, the, and, yeah, it's yeah, it's uh, lots of traffic. I remember I did that uh, that excursion. So yeah, it was uh, quite quite long. <laughs> we also had an excursion where we went from Tulum and then into Coba. That was a whole day excursion. And Coba was neat because first of all, you were in the Mexican jungle and walking on paths, and there were these ants called leaf cutters. And each one had a little tiny piece of leaf and they would walk in a line across the path. And as far as you could see to the left and to the right were these ants going in a line from wherever they came from to wherever they were going. And the other thing that was neat about Koba is that the people, the Mayans still there, uh, so, some of the Mayans did not speak Spanish only Mayan and a little English. So at Coba, they were still practicing older forms of religion and leaving food and candles for probably the local spirits and gods. Yeah, I, I was I was fascinated by the Mayan culture when I was in Cancun and whenever I encountered a, a GE that spoke, I, I just had them speak to me even though I couldn't understand it because it's such an ancient language. I'm assuming that you also did uh, Chichen Itza as well, correct? Chichen Itza was hysterical because we were the only people locked to keep Chichen Itza. So and can, you say, uh, can you say that again, Rose? You broke up a bit. You were the only people to what? Club Med was flying to Chichen Itza. No yes. one else was doing that into this palapa of the Chichen Itza International Airport. Yes. And then we got into these really old cars. Yeah. The, ta that, Mayan taxis. And we, we drove had, us yeah. We had a, a guest speak about that. He took that plane ride, uh, Doug, Doug Evanson. And uh, he said it didn't last for long, though, that that the plane ride, I believe. <laughs> I mean, not long after. But uh, I, I, I'd like to know your impression of, uh, well, as some the people who can't pronounce uh, Chichen Itza call it chicken pizza, but <laughs> whatever. Okay. So I, I call it Chichen Itza. Now, were you, was that one of your favorite ones, that, uh, ruins that you've seen? Hmm. Ushmal was more beautiful and dramatic and larger, but, but did, we got to go there a lot less often. But did Ushmal have that thing that Chichen Itza had where, and I, I, the whole excursion, that's all I did was clap my hands. So there's a place where if you clap your hands, it doesn't sound like your hands. I mean, they, they have this whole story that it sounds like a bird, but it's like a squeak. So I just stood in that spot because that's the first time in my life I heard a sound that wasn't my hand clapping. So did that, did Uxmal have the same thing as uh, Chichen Itza did like that? Or did you, did you, did you recall clapping your hands in that spot? No one told us about that. What? That was the hi the highlight of my life. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, sure, the the vernal equinox and the you know the the sun lighting up the serpent. That sure, sure, that's that's cool. I guess if you're there at the vernal equinox, but my God, clapping your hands and it doesn't sound like your hands to me. That was that blew my mind because I never knew about that. That would blow my mind too, and I wish I'd known about it. 
darn yeah this was the um the local guide that showed us that not not the uh, not not the geo wow i'm so sorry you didn't get to experience that <laughs> it's okay i went there so many times i took a bunch of scuba geos and we went in this back area the little chichen itza and i learned a new word french word that day which was raccourci because momo or mumu the french geo was saying there's a raccourci and i said what does that mean shortcut so there was a shortcut from this more hidden area of Chichen Itza back to the main main site. What other what other excursions other than the ones that you mentioned like um, it was there that um, there was used to be a park there uh, when I was there in 2004 2005 I don't know if it was uh, if you if you went there it was kind of like an ecological park did they have that then? not that I recall what other we ones did. did you do we did get get to get to go for the vernal equinox. Oh, you did. Our, what's that? What's our that like? Shift excursion. Well, it was partly cloudy. Oh no! Okay. <laughs> oh no! But I ha I do have a picture that these that you can see, sort of see. Okay. Now, now, can, so does it? I guess can you describe it? Now, does it happen slowly? Like, does the serpent slowly get illuminated, or is it all at once? It's slow. And even more slow when it's partly cloudy. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. But it the was probably club... Sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say it's probably that one day that it was cloudy, right? Just happened to be on the vernal equinox. Okay. It's like people who try to see eclipses and fly all over the world to see an eclipse and then it's cloudy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the what was interesting about Chichen Itza, first of all, the flight was incredibly bumpy and miserable and it turned everyone green including me but i didn't want to upset my gms so i had to suck it up and look fine me sick no i feel good <laughs> do you want a, a bag <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was all it was always like that the other thing about chichen itza that was funny was there are these Villa Archaeologique, the club, and that's where we would have lunch. So I'm the sorry, American Rose, 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 yeah, I'm sorry, got cut off uh, there again. Can you just repeat that last part? The club ran these Villa Villa Archaeologique, yes, close to sites, and that was where we had lunch. And of course, the Americans all wanted to eat and go sightsee we got a sightsee and the french people i think one of the reason that they used club med as a travel agency was because they would be assured that they would get their lunch with their cafe and time for their cigarette so there were always a bunch of americans standing around cooling their heels and getting impatient waiting for i think something they didn't understand at all why is lunch so slow but they were good sports. It was just funny to see the culture clash, like with the Canadians and the French people. Okay. I recall the name of the uh, the, the ecotourism park. Uh, again, I'm probably not pronouncing it correct, correctly, but we called it uh, X-C-A-R-E-T. 
It's in the Riviera Maya. Did they have that one when you were there? No. No? Okay. Okay. So, yeah, that would have been after 89 then. Okay. We um, had... Yes? Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. We had an excursion to Cozumel for snorkeling, and the scuba guys, who were all French except for one guy and no women, had also an excursion to Cozumel for diving. And... The GMs were funny, of course, because the small planes and Mexico, of course, that's going to be bad. And they would ask about crashes and the like. And we would say to them, we only have a crash every other week. And we had one last week, so you're fine. We were so naughty. Okay. <laughs> Telling them well, nonsense. Well, I'm sure you've noticed, I'm sure, yeah, you used to, you get questions like that a lot, but did you ever notice that you could literally say anything and you were believed? Did you ever like play around with, like, like that? <laughs> like you would say something preposterous and then you, you would be taken seriously. Did you, did you ever have that experience? No, that didn't cross my mind to do that. Okay. In fact, <laughs> that response to how are the planes one of the other geos excursions geos told me to say that so that's what i said okay <laughs> but this is is now a good time to tell the story of everything went wrong okay which uh what what, what excursion was that one to, uh, that, to where that was to cozumel and okay. we got on a small plane and flew it was very few people and then we got on a boat and snorkeled and the water was pretty deep, 30 feet. And I could, in time, dive that deep and even down to 60 feet. But it was hard for the GMs, despite my four points of mind over lungs tips I gave them on every excursion. So we took this boat and then we went to San Francisco Beach, which is crazy now. I looked it up on the internet. There's so much stuff there. It was just a beach with a restaurant end and some boats. So the boat broke down. Oh my gosh. We're not moving at all. There's no cell phones to call back to the club or anything. And I don't know what I don't know what my excursions geo G chef de excursion would have done for me out there so i just had to flag down a boat in spanish and beg them to tow us to the beach that was really hard my spanish wasn't that great and but i did it that i had to and then i had to put all the snorkeling gms on the scuba boat and now they're snorkeling in 60 feet of water and they they never complained they were really good sports i don't know if they went back to the chef d'excursion and asked him for a, a refund but i did not hear a peep they had to swim to shore with their hands above water and then get on the boat with the scuba divers. So that was the worst thing that ever happened. Well, but, if, that's, if that's the worst thing, that's not so bad, right? I mean, there are much, much worse uh, excursion horror stories out there. <laughs> so that that's one that's possibly. not so bad. But you did no, you you stepped up. You know, you uh, you handled it well. I, mean, I was scared though. I well, okay. Sure. Yeah. Now on the on a boat with all these people looking to me. 
And a number of boats said, no, we're not towing you. Sure. And then I got more scared. Well, I'm stuck did here. You, did, you, did, you, did you carry money on you for instances like this? Like, did you have some tip money, so to speak, or no, you didn't have anything on you to kind of like uber uber about right you didn't did they give you any money at all or no yes we had to have money because we had to pay for entrance to chichen itza and tulum and shalha and we had to buy snorkeling gear for them to snorkel and we had to buy scuba gear when not scuba gear snorkeling gear again the scuba guys were buying scuba gear on cozumel yeah we all did expense reports and okay, I won't tell that story. Yeah, thank you. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so far, they've been all appropriate. You've been doing very good, Rose. I want to commend you on that. Okay. Thank <laughs> you. A lot, Greg. a lot of a lot of people forget my appropriate rule halfway during the interview. Okay, so thank you. <laughs> it's funny. So tell me, Rose. I at one point in the interview, I like to ask the uh, XGO if who they like working with. So. In your Cancun excursion team, was there anyone that you that you clicked with, you liked working with? I liked all my coworkers, and it was great fun to have sentences that had an a word in English, a word in Spanish, and a word in French. So tell me, Rose, in the Cancun excursion team, was there someone in particular that you enjoyed working? All my coworkers in Cancun were great, and my boss, the responsable d'excursion had an amazing ability to create a team and and he really took care of us and that impressed me very much i thought he would be great as a leader in corporate somewhere but he had been working for the club for 10 years and had been all over the world so he was a fascinating guy then oh it was also fun to talk in the excursions office because our sentences were one word English, one word French, one word Spanish. It it was an amazing multicultural experience. And then the responsable excursion in St. Lucia, the second one was French. And she changed my life because I this is my first time in a resort. I was wearing American two-piece bathing suits with a lot of coverage. And one day we were on the beach and she's, she had rolled down her two, her one piece. So she was topless. Is that okay? Yes. She was topless. Yes. And she looked at me and said, I would be so hot if I had to wear a top on the beach. She seemed classically French. And then she said, you should wear a bikini. And she gave me one of hers, which barely fit because I'm five foot 10 and so all women mostly are shorter than me. And then that, then I was on my way. It was bikinis from then on. And I was glad I learned that from her. That was their, that's their culture, you know, the way of life. I, that's, that was part of my culture shock when I got to Club Ed was one of my um, coworkers uh, just appeared before me without her top and I didn't know what was going on you know like <laughs> I'd never seen or been to any beach like that in, in my life so yeah that, I was going to ask you earlier if you had any culture shock but you had already lived in France and uh, you know other than discovering how many days you'd have to work how many hours and the crazy signs that we didn't even talk about crazy signs so did you have to partake in that at all you know what 
Thanks to you, Greg, and the internet, I solved the mystery of crazy signs for me. You did? Yes. So the thing about being an excursions geo is we often got home. We got up really early. We had to be getting people on the bus at six o'clock in the morning. And sometimes we didn't get back until nine o'clock at night, which is, I think, one reason they didn't put us in the shows. Although they did eventually, the chef de trafic, chief of traffic, she quit and then... She was about five inches shorter than me, and they decided to stuff me in her costume and her shoes for the feather folly berger or whatever that was a typical show at Club Med. So I did wear the feathers for that, and now I've forgotten the question. No, no, no. It was just about if you had to do crazy signs, but then, but then, yeah, but then you you took care of the next question because I was wondering if they, because of your your long hours and you were always out of the village, if you if they threw you up on stage and for at least one show? Well, being stuffed into that costume and walking around with feathers on stage was my one thing. And I did at least once go straight from bus to stage. I was all sweaty and dirty from the road, but no one could tell. Okay. And also, oh, sorry, go ahead. I'm trying to remember what I forgot the question again. No, no, you've already answered it. Oh, crazy uh, signs. So yes. I was trying to think about crazy signs and I never did get them right because that was sort of the same deal. We would get in late and go straight to crazy signs. And I came in in the middle of the season in St. Lucia and there was no time to teach you crazy signs. You just had to get in there and do it. The one we did was Agadu. Do, do. Oh, yes. Uh, or I affectionately call it Aga, Aga Don't. Okay. Aga yeah, don't. That, 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 that wasn't, yeah, one of my, one of my favorite, but it was, yes, one of the, 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 you know, the tamer ones, like on Elegant Night, when you're dressed up in your suit or whatever, the ladies in their dress and it's humid, that's, that's a nice one to have because it's very low key, right? So, but when you're doing La Bonne Franquette, on the other hand, you're practically doing a, a hoedown uh, for, for six minutes straight and the chief of village wants to do it again, then yeah, then I long for Agadu, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's a classic one, right? That one, uh, that one never goes out of style. Well, nobody told me that we were doing it in French. I had to search for this on the internet. Thank God for the internet. And I found, and I remember kind of the way the words went. And the first thing I found was Agadu in English. And it didn't make any sense. And then I figured out I needed to find the French version. And then it completely added up to what we were doing. I don't think I got the words, but I got the movements. And then I don't remember the one you just mentioned, but I think in Cancun, we might have done hands up. Hands up, baby, hands up. And I well, do remember Obama's gay somehow. Sorry, say again? Obama's gay. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Trying to translate it into English. When I learned French, we never translated anything. So there's a lot of things I can say in French that I can't translate. Well, you had a, um, I know you can't remember his, his name, but you had a French uh, chief of village there that... Uh that your time in Cancun. So he probably played all the classic French ones. 
that makes sense. Weirdly, we didn't have that much interaction with the chef de village, the chef de village. Well, Cancun is so big and enormous and that, yeah, I mean, and you guys are your own unit, right? And you're, you're more outside the village than in. So yeah, you, you wouldn't, right? Which means you wouldn't be getting in trouble either, right? So <laughs> you're always, you're, you're always outside the village. So can't do no, anything wrong, we, right? <laughs> we didn't get in. Well, that was one thing that my chef d'excursion in Cancun was really good about heat. If we did something wrong, one time me and a, co- and a co-worker sat at the bar. It was blue and white night. And we sat at the bar. We had a crush on each other was the problem. <laughs> and we just talked and talked and talked. And we never changed into our blue and white. And the chef d'excursion in Cancun took us aside and said, look, if you don't want to wear blue, come to me and tell me. I don't want to wear blue tonight. And he said, I'll say, okay, you don't have to. And that way, if the chef de village comes to me and says, why aren't they wearing blue? I can say, I gave them permission. He had a lot of confidence with the chef de village. And so he, he wanted us to go to him first. If there was, if, if you don't come to me, then I can't protect you from the chef de village. That's a, that's a good chain of command to follow for sure. It was, and then we never did that again, for sure. <laughs> okay, Rose. So uh, in your, your village list, you had St. Lucia in Cancun. I have interviewed geos that have only done one season, you know, everyone, whether you do one season or 10, but I was just curious, did you feel that it was time to leave after your season in Cancun? Yes. As your question said, did I think I needed to go home and get a, quote, real job? I did. And I wish I hadn't thought that. It's one of my few regrets in life because the chief of excursions had been working for the club so long and all the people he'd come up with in the club who had been chief of sports were now becoming chief of village. And at the end, he said, I can get you any club you want. And I wish I'd asked for Tahiti. But I didn't. I came home and got a real job. <laughs> I worked for the international marketing manager in a business unit in a chemical company, a French-owned chemical company. And what I learned from the club in, t- in terms of doing business by connecting with people served me very well there because I had to interact with people from Singapore, from China, from Germany, from Brazil, Venezuela, Chile, everywhere, Australia. And they all loved me because I would do anything for them. So that's how it turned out for me. Well, it sounds like you were the job you did. Yeah, you brought you together, uh, you worked with, and also the guests were very international, right? So that put you in a unique position to be able to talk to uh, anyone and meet them on their level, right? It did. It did. So I, I'm assuming that, sure, I guess, you know, we don't have a, we don't get to go back in time. Sure. I mean, another season would have been great, but are you, I'm, I'm guessing that you wouldn't change the time you had for anything and you're glad you did it, right? 
Oh, absolutely. It's a great thing to say to people. Everyone thinks you've led such an exciting life when you say I spent a year in the Caribbean as a tour guide. Well, yeah, especially you as an excursion geo, like what you got to do. Like I, I could only say, well, I played volleyball and basketball for six months, but you got to leave the village, <laughs> take a prop plane to St. <laughs> Vincent and the Grenadines. You know, you got to do all that. So I think, I think you, you know, you might've only had uh, whatever, nine, 10, 11 months, but I think you, you lived in that time, right? It was great. It sounded great. I mean, you sold me on this trip and uh, I wish I could go now. <laughs> yeah. I wish I could go back and be in my twenties and be as healthy and beautiful. And uh, we all that's do. not, we that's all do not how life works. <laughs> if you find that time machine, take me with you. Okay. <laughs> Gladly. Gladly. And, vi- and vice versa. If I, if, I, if I discover, invent it, you're coming. And we're doing that same trip. Great. <laughs> yeah. We'll go to the Grenadines. Well, well, Rose, I, I really want to thank you. Uh, I mean, it's it's been awesome to have you on. And like I said, I don't get a lot of uh, excursion geos, unfortunately. So I hope maybe with people who are going to listen to your episode, we'll will come on and, uh, and and not be afraid to come on and tell their story. So I really want to thank you for sharing your story with us here today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's been great. It's my pleasure, my honor. And uh, I hope you had fun. Uh, I, I promised you a, a very painless uh, painless hour, and I hope, I hope I lived up to it. <laughs> it's great fun to talk about those times. Well, thank you. And uh, well, here's we'll now say goodbye to our listeners, uh, Rose. So if you want to say thank you to everyone listening, please go ahead. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Other Excursions Geos, take a stab. It's fun. Thank you. You heard her. That was Rose Torelli from the City of Brotherly Love. And we'll see you all next week with another new installment of My First Season. Bye.